This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Two black quarterbacks. How about that? I'm excited. I'm excited for that as an African-American man myself. 35 years after Doug Williams became the first black quarterback to start in the Super Bowl. This year, we get the first game in the Super Bowl between two black starting quarterbacks with Mahomes and Hurts. Two guys who finished one and two in the MVP voting. A streak Patrick Mahomes looks to break tonight. Well, the last nine reigning MVPs who played in the Super Bowl all lost. So with a win tonight, he could p- become just the seventh player in NFL history to couple a regular season MVP with a Super Bowl MVP. And if he does that, he is pacing to catch the only guy he might be chasing at this point, and that is one time terrific Brady, who is the greatest of all time, but could have some company in his rearview mirror. Of course, Brady announced his res- his retirement for the second time in back-to-back years, but this one is for real. Mahomes is getting into that territory where it's going to be an unimpeachable resume because five straight trips to the AFC Championship game, Two MVPs could be in search or could be grabbing his second title tonight with the second MVP, and he's in rarefied air. Like, this is the type of career unfolding to begin that we've never seen before. And I asked the question at the top of the show, would we consider this a dynasty? When I think dynasties, I feel like you have to throw a a back-to-back in there. But the Chiefs, five title games, three Super Bowl appearances— and two championships, uh, folks would argue that's a dynasty. Uh, is there, has there been a team more consistent in the last five years than your Kansas City Chiefs at 64-18 and 18 during the regular season with the guy we're watching on his way to becoming one of, if not the greatest quarterbacks of all time? Andy Reid, what would a win mean for him as far as his all-time status, especially beating his former team? Remember, the knock on, on Andy Reid in Philly couldn't win the big game. Gets to Kansas City, still couldn't win the big game. Gets Patrick Mahomes, all they do is win big games. He can become the 15th coach in NFL history with multiple Super Bowls. So uh, the, the, the Eagles are up against a narrative that has been floating around pretty much all season long. They haven't played anybody, haven't played anybody. Because, I mean, look at the quarterbacks they've gone up against. En route to their two Super Bowls. We can even go back. Matt Ryan, Case Keenum, and and then Daniel Jones before they beat Brady in the Super Bowl. This year, it's uh, Daniel Jones, Brock Purdy, and Josh Johnson. So, (laughs) two titles in six years, beating Brady and Mahomes extinguishes that narrative. We look at the quarterbacks they faced this season. Goff, Cousins, Wentz, Lawrence, Kyler, Cooper Rush, Kenny Pickett, Davis Mills. Taylor Heineke, Matt Ryan, Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones twice, Justin Fields, Dak, Andy Dalton, Davis Webb, and Brock Purdy. That is U-G-L-Y ugly as far as like overall potency at that position. So folks are saying they haven't played anybody. But all I know is they've won one, they've lost one game all year with Jalen Hurts under center. The only two teams with a better point differential on the regular season were the Niners and Bills, and they are 16-3 and with the number one seed. So part of it is you earn it with how good you are, and if folks want to question them not being tested, then maybe the reason why they're always up double digits is because they're that damn good. So start to put some respect on their name, especially if they win this game. And if you're if Jalen Hurts, you look at all the people who do the, the quarterback tiers and the hierarchies, and you say... Uh, with a win, uh, why am I not up there with 
the Lamar Jacksons and the Justin Herberts and the Josh Allens and the Joe Burrows, who I have more rings than, which could be the case about seven, eight hours from now if the Eagles do get this done. So I'm looking forward to it. Eagles, Chiefs, I told you last hour I, I have to root for Philadelphia because I just don't know that there's a path to, to, the, to the Jets, even with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback, if we can fortunately get that news this week. What's the path to them getting through the AFC? If if Mahomes is going to win this Super Bowl with how arduous of a, a, a task this was, bummed up ankle, everyone's all over the Bills, they've got the best overall team, Bengals had just beat them in the playoffs last year, coming back from, what was that, 21-3? to All they were up against, no legitimate receivers, a young defense, and they still found a way to to win this game and and win the championship. So we're already operating at a deficit. This becomes much more insurmountable if if they win this. So I got got to root for the Eagles tonight. 800-919-3776. Back to the phone lines we go. Alani's in Harlem. What's up, Lonnie? Talk to me nice. As I step in... As I step into the dojo, I just want to say what's up to the sensei, Ty. I want to say what's up to my main man, Joe. What's up, Tom? And uh, big shout-out to the company, of course. Um, Ty, listen, no, you do not have to root for the Eagles. You're a native New Yorker, so one, and you're a Jets fan. So I'm sitting here thinking when you said that, and shout-out to my boy, Allen, who just botched his call. Listen, we run a clean program here at Disney. Yeah, he's got a potty mouth. uh, He's got a potty mouth. Potty? This is a potty mouth. This this is not hack radio, boy. This ain't hack, hack, hack radio, not, my G. This is, this is not hack radio, Allen. But, um, yeah, so you're a native New Yorker, and I'm sitting here thinking when you said that and seeing how the Empire State Building may light up green if the freaking Eagles win again. So are you saying that so you can see that Jets, so like the same color, you know, it's, it's forest green and uh, whatever green. So are you saying that just so you can see no. that and feel some type of, like, happiness? No. I mean, listen. Tom, come on, man. And you know me being a Giants fan, and you know if I hear something like that's that. That's why I can't I'm listen not, to the Giants fan critique me. The Giants fan can't look at this three lens of being objective because you are, and rightfully so, someone who despises the Eagles. I get it. They've embarrassed you in the playoffs. They've embarrassed you all season. They've pretty much been embarrassing you for the last decade, so I yeah, understand why. Yeah, yeah. And on their way to Don't winning their the second championship. Yeah, which is why, which is why if it were the Pats, I would feel the same way. Well, good thing Mac Jones is their quarterback, and I never have to worry about that again. But you know, back to the point. I just got, I, I got a root, I got a root for the Eagles. Got to. And I do want to say, and I do want to say what you said earlier about it, about it being two black quarterbacks, and this being the month of Black History. It is great that it's we're amazing. actually being able to see that. It's 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 honestly an honor for me to be for me to you know just to see this honestly because. Who would have ever thought, you know, coming from Doug Williams so many years ago, that we would actually be seeing two black quarterbacks in the, um, the Super Bowl? So, it's amazing. Once again, just wanted to call in. I had to get on you about that, Ty. I hope the Chiefs win. Let's go, Chiefs. Eagles, bleh. I've done what I've come to done. <laughs> appreciate the call, Lonnie. Really appreciate the call. I, I Listen, I, I don't feel great about it because it's Philly. You know, Boston, Philly. There are certain cities that, as New Yorkers, we can't root for. But I'm just looking at it. I'm 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 looking big picture here. I'm looking big picture, and the Chiefs just feel like they just come across already as a team that we really can't contend with. Last year, we saw Cincinnati not just beat them, but pretty much embarrass them in that second half in overtime. Mahomes had the worst half of his NFL career in a big spot, 
So he looked like a human, right? He looked like someone who was actually able to be taken down. And if they win this game, it's just hard to to, to envision that going forward. Chan and Ramsey uh, wants, to, wants to chime in. What's up, Chan? Hey, what, what's going on, Ty, my man? How are you? I'm doing well, man, and yourself? Everything I'm good? I'm doing well. You know, this, this, this phone call to you is a phone call that is two years in the waiting. You know you, my man. I love you. Happy you have a family. You got your own show. But I tried to tell you two years ago that the Nets would never even make the finals with KD and Kyrie. You laughed at me. You laughed at me. Dave laughed at me. And I'm just back here to tell you I told you so. Well, listen, uh, you are right. You, uh, and we, <laughs> we have you. exchanged. Can you just say that again? I just want to hear it again. Oh, so you just want to hear it. You just want to <laughs> glow. And this is like an ego thing for you. Look, Chan, you were right. Four years ago, when, when Durant and Kyrie came here, everyone, everyone, everyone imagined that even if they didn't win a championship, at least they get to the finals and you have some like semblance of success. I don't know if anyone on the planet thought that four years later, with both of them gone, we'd write the obituary and on set obituary is one playoff series win. I did. I told you. I told you that. I don't know if you thought it would be this bad, though. No, you you want to know what? I just knew it couldn't get along. You listen, Kyrie, the flat earth, the whole thing. He's telling people now <laughs> he wants earth. to be he wants to be celebrated, not tolerated. He's in his own world. You can't win with that. I'm just sorry, but I just had to, you know, I just had to get back to you because you're my man. No, I appreciate that. And listen, I, I had to deal with for years. And I, I look, I, I'll say this respectfully: Chan being annoying. Like it's like every three days he's in my DMs. Told you every time the Nets went on a ten game winning streak, couldn't hear from him, couldn't find him. MIA. As soon as the Nets lose a game, told you Kyrie, Katie can't trust him, won't win. So he was annoying me for four years to the point where he finally was proven correct. He hit me up the other day. He said, I'm going to call into the show. I said, have at it. You deserve it. I was wrong about the Nets. I thought that they would win at least one championship. Uh, but unfortunately, Kyrie Irving it proved to be Kyrie Irving, and that didn't happen. So you're All right. right. Well, listen, enjoy the rest of your day, my man. And uh, I'm, I'm happy for you. Appreciate the call. Good on sound good on your own show thank you man i appreciate that so he started the phone call joe leo he said he's happy that i have the show then he said i'm happy you have a family what does that mean he's happy i have a family he's just walking around uh, associating with people who just don't have families like what does that mean i don't know where he i mean that <laughs> call went off the deep end a little bit and we kind of had to reel him back in i don't know where he was going with that i'm happy you have a family i never heard anyone say that to me before i thank you i guess you're, you're happy i have a family cool uh but we are going to get into the kd Kyrie stuff it's super bowl sunday so we're going to do predominantly football 45 minutes from now we're going to talk to my boy nick wright from fs1 breaking down the super bowl we will get into the the shenanigans of kd and Kyrie because harden spoke last night and it was a, a revealing conversation. Grew a little bit of respect from him uh, for what he had to say. Took a shot at someone. Didn't name the person, but we knew what he was talking about. So we'll get into that. But coming up, I mean, the worst take you heard on radio on this station this past week. We've got to dive into that and recap it right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. 
So this just came across my timeline at Tidy Butler on Twitter. Jeremy Fowler tweets out the New York Jets have inquired about Aaron Rodgers' availability with the Green Bay Packers per sources, a move that was expected as New York explores veteran options. So it looks like after Rodgers embarks on his, you know, four day darkness retreat, that he is gonna have more clarity spiritual clarity about his future, which does include him possibly retiring. I don't think anyone thinks he's going to retire, but that's an option on the table. Is he retiring? Is he returning to Green Bay? Or is he going to seek a trade? And one of the prime destinations would be the New York Jets, which I tell you now, if Aaron Rodgers announces that he's getting traded and we find out he's coming to the Jets, you're not going to be able to contain me. You're not going to be able to contain me. Uh, so here was Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets at the NFL Honors, when asked, do you want Aaron Rodgers? You want the best quarterback that you can get to lead the Jets. And I think with a good quarterback and our great defense, and the defense will be a lot better with a quarterback, you know, that's actually doing it and a good running game and just what the, what the coach is talking about. Our special team is really good. And so well, it's plug and play. I mean, I think a quarterback comes in, it's, it's kind of an ideal situation. Would you be willing to pay high compensation for Rodgers? Depends on whatever these quarterbacks, particularly if they're free agents or they want to leave, it's up to what they want to do. What do they want to do? And how do they want to structure themselves? Obviously, he's under contract with the Green Bay Packers. So it would... yeah, So you can't really talk about, I can't really talk about him because he's a you know, member of another club, but yeah. everybody recognizes talent. Yeah, so you have to skate around not, you know, getting in trouble with, with the league office, what everyone knows. If the Jets got their one wish granted, I think maybe one would be Lamar Jackson just because he's younger and you get to control him for the next decade plus if he stays healthy. But everyone knows that the Jets won Aaron Rodgers. That would be the ideal situation to plug him into this team that is talented on both sides of the ball, a young team that might have overachieved last year and then flattened out just because when you get zero quarterback play for the duration of a season, it's really hard to to keep up, you know, over 17 games. The Jets were tremendous defensively and then late hit a wall just because you're asking them to shut teams out. The Jets were not scoring any points. That game against New England, it's 3-3. You like That game could have gone on another eight quarters, and you wouldn't have felt like the Jets were, were, were had any chance of scoring. Zach Wilson's final start before the benching. So when your defense is that taxed, it's hard to really hold against them, you know, giving up the, a long drive against you know the Lions or big plays against the Jaguars in must-win games. I don't think it's much about the defense being exposed. I think it's it's... Defenses are going to give up big plays, but when your offense can't score, it becomes magnified. And in those big moments, late in games, you're taxed. When you're losing the time of possession battle that significantly because you've got a a net negative at quarterback, it's really hard to keep up. But on Rodgers, so here's the thing. I, I, I get nervous about the sweepstakes because... The game of musical chairs, the you know, the music stops and you can be the one without a chair. So looks like Carr's gonna meet with New Orleans. Rogers flirting to some degree with Vegas, which I think would be kind of weak if he went to follow Devontae Adams after he left him high and dry. When Devontae's contending for championships and decided, you know what, greener pastures are the Las Vegas Raiders with my boy Derek Carr. So now Rogers follows him to Vegas. Can't do that. And I'm not comfortable with Jimmy G, who can't stay healthy. 
Jimmy G, we know what he is. He he excels in a system with Kyle Shanahan. I think Joe Leo could excel under Kyle Shanahan. You put Chantel under center under Kyle Shanahan, they might be in an NFC Championship game next year. So I don't know what Jimmy G is. What I do know is he's always hurt. No thanks. So what happens if, if all of those dry up, and now you're sitting here with Nathaniel Hackett as your offensive coordinator? Who look? Let's, let's be honest. The reason why you're excited about the hiring is because you know, he's got close ties to Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs with Hackett as his as his OC, and we know like the type of relationship they have, and it's going to be a seamless transition where you don't really have to worry about you know that long of a process to get everyone acclimated. So that's that's the where the excitement comes. But I mean, outside of that, uh, the, you you get left with Nathaniel Hackett and no Aaron Rodgers. That is a travesty. I, I just find it so hilarious though. Hear yeah, everyone, including the owner, discussing next year's quarterback options. No one's mentioning Zach Wilson's name. The number two overall pick from two years ago. It's like a foregone conclusion. He's done, which in itself is a disaster. But you know, it is what it is. So the I read, I came across this athletic piece that said Josh McDaniels would prefer Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy he could develop over Aaron Rodgers, and cites you know a potential personality personality clash. So who knows? There are a lot of reports out there. We're waiting for Aaron Rodgers to come back from his four-day darkness retreat, and the light will be, you know what? I want to end my career with the New York Jets because if I win a Super Bowl there, for all of the criticism I've received the past decade after you know losing big games at home as the favorites, as the one seed, if I go to New York and win a championship, maybe he doesn't care about this. I want him to care about it. And us in New York, we want him to care about it. But if if he can, you know, proverbial slay the dragon in, in this city, I mean, what? Imagine what that does for his legacy. Imagine what that does for his resume. It, it's like we'll forget everything that happened before you winning a Super Bowl with the Jets, and a conference that, by the way, is loaded with quarterback talent. Loaded. Danny in the Bronx wants to talk. What's up, Danny? What's going on, brother Ty? How you doing today? Doing well, man. What's up? Talk to me. Uh, let's give a shout out to the company. Um, but you know, just want to talk about the Nets. I hear a lot of people calling. You know, they're talking about the era that never was, and they are a hundred percent correct. But like anything, like life, you just got to move on. No reason to cry over spilled milk. You know, I'm a Nets fan. You know that. I'm just really happy with the four guys that they did get because yesterday, you know, we might have lost to the Seventy Sixers, but that defense, the yeah. switching, oh my god, the that, movement was beautiful. They, they, dude, that defense in the final like three minutes of the game, where the the Sixers are clearly trying to get and beat the ball in the post, but the Nets are denying him, sending double teams at him, and as he's passing out of double teams, you see the rotations are crisp. That was a a tour de force on defense. Unfortunately, uh, the Dinwiddie shot came late. The Mikel Bridges uh, lay in just yeah, looped out, and that. Claxton missed the you know missed the. Uh, Missed the offensive rebound, and Dinwiddie had a big turnover. So it was just like a confluence of, of, of errors on the offensive end. But it, yeah, it's a definitely. team that, you look, it's not KD, Kyrie, and Harden. So you're always going to be compared to that. But it's a team you, you should be excited about because they're yeah, going to be fun to watch. You, they're not going to roll over, and I think they're still going to make the playoffs. Ty, you know who we're going for number 10 tomorrow? 
We're going for number 10. Oh, against the Knicks. Yeah. See, oh, which, you know oh, that. You <laughs> know the Knicks that. At the Garden, which look at, you maybe Knicks fans celebrated too prematurely about the demise of the Nets. Because if they trade hey, yo, Katie and, and Kyrie and you still lose to them at home for a 10th straight oh, time, oh, my God. you know it. And you know, your Lakers, they got my man back. Oh, D-Lo. Little, you know, D-Lo. He looked great oh, last baby. night. Dude, he looked yeah, great last night. Yeah, brother. Congratulations. I think your team is going to start balling out. I hope so. From your lips to guys. Well, enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday time, man. Always, you know, love talking to you, man. Thank you, bro. And we'll get more into the Nets, uh, at, you know, in the next segment. So this past Thursday, I'm in the car listening to Dave Rothenberg. Or maybe it was Friday. A great show, DPH on Rothenberg. My guys, you can hear it every morning from 6 to 10 a.m. Don't forget about RJ and Ray, who they do an excellent job. It's like a, a show that they incorporate everyone. Everyone brings something different to the table, and it just all meshes together well. But sometimes you come across bad takes. And for a guy who I have a tremendous respect for and Dave Rothenberg, who up until Friday I actually foolishly thought might have been the best host we had here on the station, just had the horrendous take that not only is he annoyed by the Rihanna halftime show, and he said it's not about Rihanna, but he just doesn't care for the halftime show. It it makes you less of a football fan if you're excited about it. Like, it's one thing to say, I don't care for it, which, okay, you have every right not to care for something, but to be annoyed by it and to then go as far as to say that someone, it, it dilutes their fandom, that they're excited about it. It just feels like Dave Rothenberg, you know, far too often going out of his way to be a dork. Like, I mean, let's call it what it is. Let's call it what it is. Like, that is that is a horrendous take. That you can't be a football fan and be excited about the halftime show. I'm a diehard football fan. I'm excited about the halftime show. So if you got that take, Dave, I'm, Dave, I'm sorry. Like, that, that's just horrendous. I, I, I can't understand. And for it to annoy you, oh, my goodness, I'm used to halftime being only 12 minutes. And now it's 30. Who cares? It's a it's an elongated halftime. Who cares? It's not getting in the way of the game. It's not getting in the way of football. It's not at all going to affect the game. You're still going to be able to enjoy the experience the same way you did uh, last year and the year before that and the year before that and the year before that. And as far as I'm concerned, you came out just fine. So this idea that you, you want to spend 10 minutes on your show ripping the halftime performance and it's, it's pointless and unnecessary. Let's just focus on football. It's not about the game. Stop it, dork. We'll be right back right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. As we go to Twitter, someone uh, said to me, at uh, HWView, wait, Ty D. Butler, are you willing to let history repeat and have another Favre Jet season? People have to like stop allowing revisionist history to frame their opinions. The Brett Favre trade actually was a good one. Through, through 11 games, there were 8-3, and three, and the Jet offense was, was humming before he got hurt. They were on their way to the playoffs, and he got hurt. He had the bicep injury. It was never the same after that. It was a one-year rental. This is different. And even if that trade, you view it in a negative light just because of how it ended, this is also different because, one, Rodgers is better than Favre. Rodgers is just a year removed from winning an MVP. He's got four MVPs, and I still think that he's capable of being a difference maker, like being a top-five quarterback. You look at his numbers last year, like it's down for Rodgers. We would be one of the best Jet seasons uh, in franchise history. 
So I think people just get the far stuff wrong uh, as far as, like, you know, the, the trade. It worked through, through 11 games. He just got hurt. That's what happened. And the Super Bowl. Uh, we were just talking about, like, the halftime show. It doesn't affect the game. Why are you complaining about it? You've got an all-time great artist who's going to put on a show for the first time in seven years. A couple years removed from having a kid. So it's a big moment for her, big moment for hip-hop and R&B and the whole thing. Great music, beautiful woman performing, and you're complaining about it just because it's getting in the way of your football. It's not. It's not. Stop it. Just want to complain about things. Ted in the truck disagrees with me, though, so I want to argue with Ted. Let's argue, Ted. What do you got to say? Yeah, I, I do disagree with you because there there is a chance that one unit of the uh, you know of the game is not on the field for over an hour. Oh my god! Now, no, oh no, no, not oh my god. Who cares about Rihanna? You know, us as football fans, we don't need to listen to Rihanna. I totally so agree. So you know what, Ted? He's the so number Ted. one host on this station. You should be ashamed of yourself. I should be ashamed of myself. Yeah, you know, you know, Dave, you know, saying that Dave has a horrific take, Dave's a bad the man, take. man. I, I, he could be the man and have a bad take. Those things aren't mutually exclusive. Just like you could be the I, man and I, this I could be a bad phone call. You. You're the man, Ted, but this I is a bad agree. phone call. You're, so I don't you're know, cons- man. I agree with Dave. Listen, so Ted, like every year we go through this, and and, and we never. After the game, say, you know what? I really think that last year the Bengals were got screwed by the halftime show because their defense was off the field for an hour. The year before, you know what would have helped the Chiefs? What if wasn't their offense off the field for a while? Okay, though. but but I'm, say, but I'm saying like we we deal with the hypothetical that never actually translates. Like we never feel we never after a Super I mean, Bowl. It does translate. It no. does translate. I bet you it does if you just go back and look. Okay, but we you know we'll ne- it's never a real this. thing in, 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 in real time. We're never after the game talking about how the Super Bowl halftime show really played a major factor in the game. Never. It's never well, happened. What if like the Chiefs get the ball at half and they end the and they end the first half with the ball? Therefore, the Eagles may not have the ball for over an hour in real time, maybe more. And you're telling me that that might not affect the game, especially with all their injuries on offense. I don't think think it's going to affect the game. I'm sorry. I feel like like this this is what, and I appreciate the call, but this is one of those things where – like because either a you you feel like you have to complain about it or b you feel like someone you like complained about it so now you have to like in addition to them complaining complain about it again like this is just one of those things where you're looking for reasons to be mad and there, there are really none I'm sorry there are really no reasons to be mad like it's it's not a big deal if you don't want the performance put it on mute go use the bathroom go chug a beer. Go take 16 shots of, of alcohol so that you can forget that the halftime performance ever happened. Just ignore it. It's not a big deal. Kenny in Jersey. What up? Yeah, hey, Ty, you should know better. You can't say certain things about certain people, man. I mean, certain people can poop in these people's cereal. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. <laughs> got a big following out here. I love Dave to death. But Dave, to me, is not your, your normal fan. Like, he's not the guy to get... It, that kind of information from he's he's fanatical. Yeah, he's a weirdo. So, so you can he, say weirdo. He's, he's a weirdo. Borderline, he's borderline. Uh, I can't get a good word, but I want to get a big word. Like he's borderline hysterical over his stuff. I mean, uh, you know, you yeah, can't he's go not, by he's not relatable when it comes to fandom. No, 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 no. He's very much out there. He's very much out there, and he he admits to that. 
But he has a big following. So, like I said, he can poop in people's cereal. Look, and they're going to come after you. If, if they want the smoke, I'm here, man. I'm on the radio till 5 o'clock. I'm on Twitter, Tidy Butler, Instagram. And I'm on the 800 919 You want the smoke? I'm the chimney. What up? I hear you. But I'm on your side. I'm with you. Especially you was talking earlier about the Knicks. You, you had piqued my interest when you said something from a young guy perspective. I couldn't believe it was coming out of your mouth. What's that? The younger folks don't look at the Knicks like that. They don't, you know, remember KD, Kevin Durant called the Knicks corny? He said they I weren't cool. Like, yeah, he, said weren't, he, he didn't say they were corny. He said they weren't the, the cool thing anymore. Yeah, uh, well, what's the opposite of cool? It's corny. <laughs> no, I think he did use the word corny. Ty, you got to look it up. I think he said the Knicks are corny. I, I mean, I could be wrong. He could have said they're just not cool. But no, he, he said he said they aren't the cool thing in New York City, and that was when uh, oh, okay. when he when he joined when he when he first joined the Nets. That was what he said. Right, and that coming from a guy who come on, you you're not the coolest thing. You're not even top <laughs> hundred in the day. Like you're a cornball who had to join a team that just beat to get a championship. So the, the younger generation don't look at the Knicks like you know the older generation do. You said one thing that was very smart. If you come to New York and win in basketball, you're going to be the king of basketball, period. You know, yeah. you're, going to be, you're going to have so many advantages in the way people look at you. You know, like if you have a LeBron, they'll start comparing you to LeBron. Or if you have a Jordan, they'll start comparing you to Jordan just because you're winning in New York. So they're they missing the whole thing about New York. New York is Broadway. And there's no the, the mecca is the garden. You know that's the mecca of basketball. Yeah, and listen, I I, I think that and part, look, so maybe part of it, and I appreciate the call, Kenny, is me being a a New York. I reside in New York, and I'm a fan of 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 two New York teams. I'm rooting for Rogers to come. Part of the pitch is what you can become as far as like your legendary all time status. And I think that if you come win a championship with an organization that literally hasn't even been to a Super Bowl in 50 years, that's that might mean more. I don't know if it means more than winning a, a title in, a title in Green Bay. Who knows? But just from my vantage point, living in this city, I mean that's that that's that's huge. And we need some star power, man, because of what happened with the Nets blowing things up. We don't have any stars. It's the mecca of, of basketball in New York City, and we don't have a single star here anymore. We said goodbye to Kevin Durant. We said goodbye to Kyrie Irving, and that, and that is a great way to transition into what we heard from James Harden last night. So, I'm listening to. Decay show on Thursday. It's the trade deadline at three o'clock, and you know, in the wee hours of the night prior to that, we got news that Kevin Durant had been traded to the Phoenix Suns for four first-round picks, a pick swap, and you know, Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson. And I'm just like, wow, man, I cannot believe it's all over. And I'm listening to Decay show, and I, I, I thought they nailed that opening segment. They were on fire. It was. Everything they said was, was, was accurate about how to, one, assess what happened when you do the autopsy on, on, on what unfolded the last four years, and then two, where you direct the blame. And then there was one thing in particular that I remember Michael saying uh, about James Harden. And he said, like, he doesn't look like the fool now. Like, he, he looks like the guy who was smart to get out of town before everything eroded. And remember, we, we, a year ago, we were ripping him because, you know, he quit on his team. We had the game in Sacramento. What did he score? Four points. We just didn't look engaged. Didn't look like he wanted to be there. And he was doing everything in his power to get out of town. 
So Kay made the point, and uh, looking back on it, maybe he was right. So I found it interesting uh, when I would listen to James Harden last night reflect on his time in Brooklyn. Could you have imagined uh, by the time you came back, Kyrie and Kevin would be gone? Yeah. Really? <laughs> I mean, I didn't just, I didn't just actually leave for you know for no reason. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was in a really good place in Houston. Obviously, we didn't have a chance to win a championship, but I was comfortable. You know what I mean? So for me to up and leave my family, and, you know what I mean? All the things that I created there to come to to looking for what a year and a half to try to, to get up and leave. It was for real, real reason. You know what I mean? So, um, but I'm happy for the organization and what they, what they, what they got back. They got some, some really good pieces. James, how would you sum up now that Kevin and Kyrie are gone? You left obviously last year. Y'all's time together. Uh, frustrating. You know what I mean? It's a lot of what ifs. You know what I mean? I think when you play less than 20 games together, you know what I mean? So it's a little bit frustrating. You know what I mean? But. It is what it is. Uh, hopefully everybody's in a good place now and we can move on. There's a lot of dysfunction. Uh, clearly, you know what I mean? Like, but there was a lot of internal things that I'm not, for me, I'm not gonna never just say or put in the media or do anything. And that was one of the reasons why, you know what I mean, I chose to make my decision. But uh, now, fast forward to date, I don't look like the crazy one. You know what I mean? I don't look like the guy that, or the quitter or whatever, you know what I mean? The, the uh, media want to call me. Like I knew what was going on and I just decided to, hey, I'm not, I'm not built for this. Like I don't want to deal with that. You know what I mean? I want to play basketball and have fun and enjoy doing it. And, um, and fast forward to today, you know, they got a whole new roster. They had a whole new roster. So James Harden, I, look, there are some criticisms that are still fair. I don't love you showing up to camp overweight and out of shape and telling me you want to play basketball and enjoy it and, and, and try to win the championship. I don't love that in route to getting what you want and shift out of town, you're putting up stinkers and the reports are that you're on the West Coast trip, out hanging out all night, little baby con. I don't want to hear about that when your team's trying to win a championship. But what I will say is James Harden was right to want to not be here because it, this was not just the biggest collapse in NBA history, the biggest disappointment in NBA history as far as star, star power, to have this collection of talent and win one playoff series. It's, it's an embarrassment, and it falls on everyone. It's a failure of leadership. And look, Kyrie Irving, the, the, I, I always felt weird about forcing people to get vaccinated. But when you are a part of something bigger than yourself and when you're playing on a professional team where – the performance and the production affects different parties, coaches, GMs. Their jobs are tied to, you know, what happens on the court. Other players, these guys you call your brothers, like Kevin Durant and James Harden, when the decisions that you make affect those guys, then, I mean, it's, it's called being a bad teammate. Again, like forcing someone to get the vaccination I never loved. But when it came to you having to be a part of this basketball team and everyone buying in, look, if Kyrie had gotten vaccinated last year, you know what we'd be talking about right now after the Super Bowl? The Nets on their way to winning a second championship. That's what we would be discussing. Because if he had gotten vaccinated, even despite Durant getting hurt, Harden would still be a Net. 
because Harden got so sick and tired of dealing with this guy in and out of the lineup. And first he was out of it completely, then ownership caved, where it's like Kyrie's just running this this, all, this entire operation, despite being the third best player on the team. He's not the coach, but he's getting the coach fired. Then the new coach comes in and he's like, well, I can coach, Nash can coach, KD can coach. No, you can't. He's not the GM, but he's trying to orchestrate moves. He's not Kevin Durant, one of the 10 best players of all time. He's not even James Harden, a league MVP, three-time scoring champion. He's Kyrie Irving, who hit one of the biggest shots in NBA history, and since then is doing everything in his power to erase that from happening. Because you couldn't work with LeBron James in Cleveland. Couldn't work with the Boston Celtics with Brad Stevens, one of the best coaches in the NBA at the time, and a young core. And now you couldn't make it work with Kevin Durant, one of the 10 greatest players of all time. That's a Kyrie Irving problem. And this idea that he's not going to go to Dallas and help Luka win a championship, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. But here's the, here's the spoiler. Kyrie Irving is just a, a guy who like is just unhappy wherever he goes. He's unhappy wherever he goes. So James Harden was right. Because there was a lack of leadership. No one wanted to hold Kyrie accountable for his actions. No one wanted to put him in his place and say, listen, I get you are a tremendous basketball player, which, by the way, superstar. Let's stop calling him that. He is not a superstar. He is a great scorer. He's got the wizardry with his ball handling and his, you know, finishes at the rim with creativity. Aesthetically pleasing superstar. He is not cut it out. Back to Ky- back to James Harden. He saw what was happening. James Harden was the best player on a contending team in Houston that gave the Warriors all they could have handled. was the only team during KD's tenure with Golden State that actually challenged him and kept falling short. And then when Houston's title window closed, he saw an opportunity to go win a championship because James Harden's on a list that he doesn't want to be on with Charles Barkley as, you know, best players to never win a championship. And Charles Barkley is a former league MVP, one of the greatest players of all time. He's on a list that no one wants to be on with Barkley and Melo and Malone and Stockton and, you know, McGrady. And, yeah, like these guys, best players to never win a championship. James Harden says, you know what? I can go to Brooklyn. I don't have to be the best player on this team. Let me go there, be a part of something special, and help these guys win a championship. Because history is going to remember the 27 straight missed threes in 2018 and that Game 7 against the Warriors. History is going to remember that debacle in the playoffs against the Spurs with no Kawhi Leonard, where Stephen A. went on the air the other day and was asking if that was actually James Harden. Or, you know, was that someone impersonating James Harden? History is going to remember the playoff failures. But, But when you come to Brooklyn and win a championship... That's something that history is also going to have to remember. Us winning one championship, maybe two, maybe three. So I want to go there and be a part of something special. And unfortunately, Kyrie Irving sank that ship. Just like he sank the ship in Cleveland, just like he sank the ship in Boston, he sank it here in Brooklyn. And last night we heard him reveal, James Harden, that, you know, things just weren't going well. I had to get up out of there. I had to get up out of there. So Kyrie ruined everything. He ruined everything because this team should still be competing for championships. But for some odd reason, the organization decided that the third best player on the team, the one with, yes, he does have a championship, has the biggest shot in NBA history, but the one least deserving of us acquiescing to, we gave him the most power. So Brooklyn Nets, congratulations. You played yourself. Back in a moment right here on 9870 ESPN.
This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. So Fox just announced on stage Derek Jeter is going to join the Fox Sports family beginning this upcoming season. He's going to be joining the MLB broadcast team. So Derek Jeter going to Fox Sports. How about that? couple of things here. One, it's confusing because a couple of years ago it was reported that he didn't really want to be in the media. You can't change your mind in a couple of no, years? No, you can change your mind. I'm just saying like it's it's kind of fast is all I'm saying. But the second thing, why not come to Yes? Well, he wants to be teammates with A-Rod again. That worked out well. But, I mean... The first time. Well, yeah, right. But, like, why why get criticized by the national media when you can be beloved by Yankee fans? He's already beloved. People would... He could do no wrong on yes. Or maybe, I mean, that's paving the way for that to happen, you know? Like, maybe he is at some point going to join yes. Who knows? Looks like yes might be experiencing a, you know some of some bit of a shakeup, but I look so Fox is getting Jeter joining his MLB coverage in 2023, and then Brady next year in 2024. So they're grabbing some big names, two all-time great players in their respective sports. Derek Jeter joining the media, that's weird. Like, cause like you said, like he's always he was always someone who. It was behind the scenes. Didn't really want that attention once he retired, but he got the the. What was it, a 10-part documentary of the captain? And now he's going to Fox to, to join MLB on Fox. So good for him. Good for Jeter. We'll get more Jeter. We'll get more Jeter. I'm excited about that. But you're very angry with me, Joe, because you feel like I just I just spent 10 minutes doing something that I completely got wrong. Yeah, I, I think the way, and you know, Dan was talking about this, and he's him and I, are, I think, are on the right side with this. You can't rewrite history. He quit on this team. He did. He had a no-show performance against Sacramento and then didn't play for four games, requested a trade, and he's gone. I, I don't think you can discount that in any way by saying, well, he saw the, the dysfunction and he wanted out. So, so he, what? Play through it. No, so here's the thing. I, I And as I mentioned, I don't absolve him of all the blame because I still feel like some of the criticism is fair. Like the way he handled it, I don't agree with that. I thought it was unprofessional and unbecoming of one of the best players in basketball. It just sends the wrong message, especially when you're doing it for the second time because that had that same act in Houston. So one time, okay, two times it just becomes part of who you are. All I'm saying is like, I don't blame Harden for wanting out. I don't blame him for seeing what was happening understanding that this organization is giving way too much power to this guy who doesn't deserve it and who's unreliable. Let me get out of here. I got to win a championship. I can't be fooling around with these guys. And, and look, it didn't age well for, for Katie and Kyrie because now they're both gone and they leave behind a, a mess. And the other thing an is... An absolute too- mess that is such an embarrassment. And this is this is coming from a big KD fan. who And I think he should have stayed because I, like, I feel like he's going back into a situation where it's it's only like he's going to get blame if they lose. It's all going to be on him. And if they win, he's not going to get much of the credit because they're going to say, oh, it's Devin Booker's team, super team, Chris Paul Hall of Famer, Devin Booker future Hall of Famer, DeAndre Ayton, you know, perennial all-star. He's not going to get a lot of credit for that. Stay here with the Nets. Decide, and, and, and part of it is like how you articulate it. Because if you say, listen, I acknowledge the last couple of years are not what Net fans have wanted. It's been a dumpster fire. 
but I'm committing to this organization. I want to stay here and see this through. In 2019, when I said I wanted to come be a part of something special, that hasn't changed. I'm committed to staying here. We're going to build this thing up, and hopefully we can win a championship. And you've got DFS, and you've got, you know, Dinwiddie, and you've got Cam Thomas, and Seth Curry when he comes back, Claxton. And you've got a bunch of guys who play excellent defense and hit threes. So go go Luka Doncic from last year. Go 2018 LeBron. Run with a bunch of guys. See how far you can go. And I think that's going to help rehabilitate your image and your reputation. That's what I think he should have done. No, he, and he said that at the beginning of the year, and now he's on Phoenix. But even still, Harden had an opt-out at the end of the year. Just leave at the end of the year. Why, why up and leave? I don't get it. Because I... he had a better chance at a title with Brooklyn through all the dysfunction than he ever does in Philly. Oh, you mean Harden? Harden, yeah. Well, I and saw. Kyrie I think I actually too. think the Nets should have. I, I think the Nets should have called his bluff. I wonder if they can go back and and do it all over again. Do they just call his bluff because the Ben Simmons contract is one of the worst in basketball, if not the worst? So call his bluff and say, look, we believe that this vaccination situation is going to be figured out. So we're going to get Kyrie as a full time player. Durant's going to come back and be great because every time he comes back from injury, he's excellent, doesn't miss a beat. We're going to put the three three of the best 15 players, 16, 20 best players in basketball on the floor together, see if they can win a championship. And I think you call this bluff, you do that, hope that he doesn't continue to tank the way that he did. Uh, like you mentioned, that Kings game, we just put up four points, and you just hope that you win a championship and that can convince him to stay. And if he, even if he doesn't stay but you win a championship, whatever, you won. So I, I think that if they had to go back in time, you, you redo that. You you call his bluff and you, you get him to stay here. But otherwise, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Why, why, is it, uh, why is it so bad that the, uh, all these NBA players need to go in the middle of the year? Why, why not just wait until the end of the year and play it out? Why do they always have to, well, it's, especially, oh, it's not working for me, I'm going. Well, Durant, Durant is aging. He's 34. He's got multiple injuries. So like, time is ticking and... Next year is not guaranteed. Like, who knows what's going to happen? He sees that Phoenix right now struggling because they've had multiple injuries. You had, you know, Cam Johnson was out for a while. Chris Paul was out for a while. Devin Booker was out. These guys all returned and healthy, and now they have their best chance to contend for a championship. Let me go there now. I just saw the Warriors win without me. I'm going to try to win another championship because, you know, this is what I have to do at this point in my career. I, but I agree with you. I would love to see him, have, have, you know, on this team and, and run with this squad. Like I said, the way Luka with Jalen Brunson as the second best player last year got to the Western Conference Finals. LeBron in 2018, Jeff Green was his second best player, and they got to the Finals. So run, take take the band, a cast of characters, and who knows? Maybe if the Nets don't trade KD, they try to flip some of them first-round picks and they go get OG or Pascal or whoever. Who knows another trade that's coming if he decides that he's committing himself to the organization. I don't know that they win a championship because the Celtics and the Bucks are awesome, but best chance to rehab that image, stay here, go down with the ship, and keep on fighting. One hour left. We'll talk to Nick right next, right here on 9870 ESPN.